0: God, we love you, and we are so grateful to be in your presence this morning. Grateful to be able to open up your word, to be able to dive in, to be able to uh, just talk through, you know, who you are, and uh, as we lead up to Easter especially, God, we're just excited about where you're leading us. And so, God, I just pray this morning, as we pray every week, that you would uh, speak through your word, that you would speak through me this morning, that the words that come out of my mouth would be... Your words for your people on your day, God. We are here to hear from you. No one here came to hear from me. We all come to hear from you this morning, me included, God. So I pray that you would uh, use my words, shape my words, to be able to to make your word come alive this morning. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in week two of our I Am series leading into Easter. Really what we're doing in this series is kind of uh, just building upon the foundation that we laid at the beginning of the year, talking through our Rooted series, talking about who we are, what we believe, who God has called us to be. We're a, a church that's called to connect and to grow and to serve. And part of the way that we're going to, to focus on growth this year is really building intimacy with God through prayer. And really, to build intimacy with God, you kind of have to know God. <laughs> it sounds really simple, but I mean, it's it's there. And so we're uh, as we lead up into Easter, we're just really talking about jesus about who he is and uh lucky for us jesus doesn't make us kind of just go through scripture and figure out ourselves I mean, we could do that too but uh in the book of john he gave us seven different i am statements that he just told us this is who i am right john chapter 6 he says i am the bread of life john chapter 8 i'm the light of the world john chapter 10 i'm the gate for the sheep later on in that chapter i'm the good shepherd John chapter 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. John chapter 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 15, I'm the vine. So we have these seven different I am statements that Jesus gives us in the book of John. Now, there's not seven weeks now between now and Easter, but we're going to go through some of these <coughs> excuse me, as we go and lead up into Easter. And, and last week we talked about, we started uh, in John chapter 8. Uh, John chapter 8 which is where I believe to be faithful to John the writer, we needed to start with Jesus saying, "I am the light of the world. John loves this imagery of light and dark. And so that's where we started last week, "I am the Light of the world." And we talked about, you know, walking in the light, being in the light and, and walking in obedience and walking in humility, being made new as we walk in the light. Like I said, John loves this imagery of light and dark. Uh, and so it was kind of fun to talk about that last week this week. We're going to go to the final one of these statements in John chapter 15. So if you want to turn there with me, uh, John chapter 15, starting at verse 1, is where we're going to be. If you're in one of our Pew Bibles, it's going to be on page 928. If you need, if you need help, get in there. Uh, John chapter 15. And as you're turning there, I'll just give you a little bit of context for what is actually happening here in John chapter 15. In the book of John, the Last Supper, the, the final time that Jesus is going to be with his disciples, starts. In John chapter 13 it ends in John chapter 17 and in John chapter 18 Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane he is arrested and he is taken away so what we have here in John chapter 15 is part of the last conversation that Jesus would have with his disciples before he's taken and beaten and killed and buried Right, we won't necessarily spoil the Easter story, although that kind of did a little bit there, but uh, we'll get there on Easter. But this is, the, this is the last conversation, the last dinner conversation. It lasts about four chapters, and this is the last time that Jesus is going to be with his disciples before he's, he's taken away. And so here's, here's a question with you for you. If you had one conversation to leave behind everything that you would want to leave behind, you know you're leaving, and you've picked 12 people. To, to carry on the mission. What would you say in that conversation? If it were me, I would have like a notebook of like, okay, this is the protocols, this is how we do this, right? These are, this is what we believe, this is why we believe it. If you ever have any questions, you can come back to this. This is Remember what I said here? I said this on this day. Remember on this day I healed this guy? You could do this too, right? And so here's like this, this manual of this is how we do this. Jesus sort of does that a little bit. But not, not quite to the extent that, that I think maybe some of us would do. But Jesus, Jesus does a little bit of that. In chapter 13, he comes at the very beginning of this dinner. What does he do? Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Now, if you're going to leave, would you wash the people's feet? I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. But Jesus begins the night by serving, by loving the people that he's doing with serving. He later promises the Holy Spirit, talks about the role that the Holy Spirit will play in their lives, which is huge in terms of carrying on the mission, right? So he is doing this sort of thing where this is what it's going to take to carry on the mission. You will have the Holy Spirit. He will be with you. Unless I leave, he can't come, so I got to go so you can have the Holy Spirit. That whole conversation happens as well in John chapter, 15, or John chapter 13 through 17 here. So he does some of that. He prays for them. He prays that they would be one. He even prays for us, the people that would come to know him through those disciples, Alright, this is, this is the final conversation. And we see that we're jumping in right in the middle of this conversation in John chapter 15. And, and I want you just to, to listen to this. We're going to read 16, 17 verses here. And I want you to just listen for the I ams and listen for kind of the listen for the heart of what Jesus is talking about here. So this is right after he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the advocate coming and helping. And here's what he says I'm the true vine. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. <clears throat> Such branches are picked up, excuse me. <clears throat> Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, each other. We'll stop there this morning. I want us to just pick up a few things that Jesus is throwing out there for us this morning. First thing I want you to get is just, just even how he starts this, this first verse. He says, I'm the true vine. Why would he need to say, I'm the true vine? Probably because there's also some false vines. So how do we know we're connected to a true vine? And what is a, what's a false vine? Well, what is a vine? <laughs> we got to talk about what's a vine, first of all. A vine is where, where we're getting life from. Right? A vine is we're, we're connected to the main source of life. This is, this is what a vine is. And so Jesus says, I am the true vine. I'm the one, I'm the place where you are going to find and be connected to true life. So what is a false vine? A false vine would be anything that we're connected to, trying to find life that is not also connected to the true vine. What do I mean by that? Some of us, I think, find life and find hope and find peace and all sorts of things that are not Jesus. Some of us, social media is that false vine where we we go and we feel fed from how many likes or comments we have on certain posts. That's not not the fruit that Jesus is talking about. Right, some of us, we have this false vine of sort of working our way up the ladder at work, invest everything we have into working our way up in the world. And, and the higher that we get, the more fruit we'll have. That's not, the, that's not the fruit that Jesus is talking about here. That's not the vine that Jesus is talking about here. The, the true vine is Jesus. What kind of fruit is Jesus talking about? Well, my mind immediately goes to Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, gentleness, self control. I think I forgot one in there. Which one? I heard you say it. <laughs> I still can't hear you, but that's all right. <laughs> but Jesus says, I'm the true vine. You need to remain in me. I'm the true vine. Remain in me. These other false vines, you need to be done with those. Remain in me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. My Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it'll be even more fruitful. But then there's an if in this, in this next piece of the conversation, starting in verse 5. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you ask whatever you, w- ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So there's this, now this conversation about fruit. Now we talked about, just briefly, what fruit is. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit We won't go super deep there this morning. If you remain in me, you're going to bear fruit. If not, then you won't. You will bear no fruit. And in bearing no fruit, you will be cut off. The gardener is going to come. God is going to come and remove you. You will be like a branch that is thrown into the fire. The imagery is not so subtle there, I don't think. But think about this, if you remain in me, if you remain in me, I just, this week I just kept thinking about those, those words, if you remain in me, if you remain in me, what does it look like to remain in Jesus, what does it look like to stay connected, all of this kind of begs this question, how do I stay connected, how do I, how do I stay connected to the true vine, how do I remain in him? Now obviously some of the things we've already talked about this year are going to be great ways to stay connected to the true vine. We've talked about prayer this year in our Grow Week. That is a a great way to stay connected to the vine because you're literally connected to the vine as you pray. You're you're speaking to the Creator God. You're speaking to the Gardener. You're speaking to Jesus, the true vine. You are are here. You're in communion with them. You are connecting to them. Part of that, you just have to Prayer is a great way to stay connected. I'll just leave it there. Prayer is a great way to stay connected. Also, being in the Word, reading, knowing, understanding, great ways to be connected with God. Worship is a great way to be connected with God, whether it's what we do on Sunday mornings or what you're doing in your bathroom, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car, wherever you may be, worship is everywhere. We heard Jason say last week, service is worship, right? As, As we worship, we are connecting with God. We're connecting we need to be connected with God whether you're singing or praising or whether you're serving and, and helping people that's connecting we're, we're remaining but Jesus really mentions two ways that we can remain connected with him in this passage and we'll just just talk through those real quick starting in verse 9 as the father has loved me so I have loved you now remain in my love and here's the first way if you keep my commands you will remain in my love. So, what is the first way that, that Jesus is talking about? The red letters here, he's talking about how do we ever remain in the vine? First way, obedience. We need to be obedient. Obey my commands. You know, one of, my, one of my favorite ways that I've ever heard this talked about was by a guy named Francis Chan. We've read some of his books in our grow groups, and, and I think probably seen, I think our small group's in one right now for him. He said this: he says, uh, it's like this. If I ask my daughter to go and clean her room and she comes back a couple hours later and I say, did you clean your room? She says, well, I memorized what you said and you said to go clean your room. Well, did you clean your room? Well, you know what, dad? Uh, I, 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 I can say, go clean your room in Greek now. I did some studies. I did some word studies on what you were talking about. And I know that it's like cleanio or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, go clean your room. And, but the question remains, did you clean your room? His daughter's not going to come back and say, well, you know, dad, uh, I'm going to get together with four or five friends. We're going to meet at the coffee shop every single week. And we're going to talk about what it would actually look like practically for me to clean my room. He says, but did you clean your room? This, this, is, this is what it is, this is, what it is to, to obey. None of that is going to fly, right? And I think Jesus is calling us, hey, did you, are you obeying my commands? Well, hey, Pastor Chris did a, just an amazing sermon on what it looks like to, to do this. He even talked about the Greek words of what this meant, and, and we're going to get together in our small group and talk about this, but did you do it? Did you do what Jesus said? Are you obeying his commands? Are you living this out, or are we just having the conversation about it? This passage is clear. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So here's here's the amazing thing that Jesus is kind of alluding to here. As we obey, as we live out this life that Jesus is calling us to live, there is a joy that comes with that. And it's not just a joy that, that you and I like, oh, something good happened, so I'm joyful. It's not even just our joy. It's, it's Jesus' joy may be in us as we live this way. All right? Obedience. But then he goes on to make it a little bit clear if the disciples weren't really grasping what he was talking about here, what he's commanding. Because this is a The second way, we have to live in obedience, but we also have to to do this. Chapter, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So not only is Jesus saying to remain in me, you need to obey, be obedient, obey my commands. He's saying you need to love like I have loved. We need to love like Jesus loved. Now that's a little difficult, (laughs) I would say. It's interesting, in the book of Luke, uh, Luke's telling of the Last Supper, there's this conversation in Luke chapter 22, uh, where the disciples are kind of having an argument, and they're having an argument about who's the greatest. Uh, and so, and this is in the Last Supper, Luke chapter 22, uh, this is actually immediately after, like, the elements are passed, right? Immediately after, this is my blood, this is, this is my body. verse 24. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. (laughs) Just the timing of this, honestly, is just like, you have to kind of just put yourself there. Jesus has basically said, look, I'm going to go. I'm going to die. I'll be back in a few days. (laughs) This is my body that is going to be broken for you. This is my blood that is going to be shed for you. And literally, three verses later, a dispute arises among them about who's going to be the greatest. Jesus is gone, so now one of us has to be the lead, right? And this is this is the conversation. And so a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel." But he he's you can hear him saying like but who's this doesn't matter. <laughs> what you're fighting about is is not important. Because it's not about who's the greatest. What this is about is who is going to be the least. Who's going to serve. Then you get back to John and how does Jesus start the last supper? By serving, by washing his disciples' feet. By by praying on them, by praying for them, not praying on them, that would be kind of weird, but by praying for them, that they would be one, that they would love each other just like he has loved them, like that God has loved him, that he has loved them, that that their joy may be complete in this, right? Jesus is, is going back and he's being this example of what it looks like to love. And then there's this famous verse in John chapter 15, verse Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for one's friends. What happens three chapters later? Jesus is arrested, he is taken, he is beaten, he is killed, and he is buried. Why? For those disciples, and for us, for the whole world. Right, greater love has no one than this, and here, here he is, calling us to love with that kind of love. <clears throat> a love without pride, a love with a heart that's willing to serve. And this is what it looks like. This is what it takes. This is what Jesus is saying. This is how he remain in me. Keep my commands. Love as I have loved. Keep my commands. Love as I have loved. You now I was thinking about kind of just how to how to challenge us this week as we go forward in these two areas? How do we? Are there ways in which that we have not kept the commands of Jesus? How do I know? Is there fruit? Because Jesus says, if you do, you're going to bear fruit. Maybe it's time to look into our lives and say, all right, well, maybe, maybe I just need to look, maybe, maybe start from the top. Start at the fruit, right? Do I see fruit in my life of me? obeying Jesus and, and obeying the commands of Jesus and living the life that Jesus is calling me to live. And if not, what do I need to change? How do, I, how do I do this? How do I do this better? How do I actually obey the commands that Jesus is calling me to obey? How do I live the life that Jesus is calling me to live so that I can, I can bear this fruit that Jesus is saying that I need to bear? Now, again, I need to say this every time we talk about fruit. The fruit that you bear has no bearing on whether or not you are saved. The fruit that you bear is not the reason that you are saved. The reason that you are saved is because of the second part, because Jesus gave his life for us. That is the reason we are saved. So this fruit and this obedience is not a to-be-saved thing. It is a because-we-are-saved thing. Because I have relationship with Jesus, I obey his commands. Because I have relationship with Jesus, I love as he loved. So let's, let's spend this week and evaluate ourselves on how, okay, just evaluate my own life. How do I, do I see myself loving with the kind of love of Jesus? Amen. Do I see myself living the way that Jesus is calling me to live? I, it's something to think about. And if not, here's the question for you. What vine are you connecting to that's not the true vine? I think that's the better question for this week. Is there a vine that you're trying to connect to that is not the true vine of Jesus Christ? Amen. And what are some practical ways this week that we can stay connected to that true vine? That's going to be different for everyone in this room. But I hope and I pray that as you go forward from this place, you would, you would just process and think through, okay, if Jesus is the vine, Jesus is the true vine, how can I... What can I do to stay connected? What can I do to make sure I'm not going towards any other false vines? What can I do to make sure I remain in him and he remains in me? What can I do to love and to obey? What can I do to live this life that Jesus is calling me to live? Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want you to do nothing. I don't want this church to be a church that does nothing. I want to be connected to the vine, the true vine, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who came, lived a life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve to die, so that we could be with you for eternity, God. I just am so grateful for that, especially as we come into this Easter season. That has been on my mind. God, As we as we continue this series and as we take home these words that Jesus is the vine that he is the true vine that we are the branches and we need to remain in him and remain in his love and bear fruit and all of these different different things that we read just in these 16 17 verses God I just pray that you would you would challenge us that you would convict us that as we go that you would show us ways in which maybe we're not living for you that you would that you would show us ways in which that we have not obeyed what you're calling us to do that you would show us ways in which that we have not loved the way that you're calling us to love and God may we be changed because of this this week. May we be shaped by your word. May we be people who, who love with a love that, is, that can only be defined by you. May we obey out of, out of an overflow of love with you. God, we love you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. You are so good, and we just give you, give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And uh, as we go, something we do here every week is we just hold out our hands and just receive a, a blessing from God. So may our God, God of grace, God of love, go with you and ahead of you this week. May he give you courage and grace to deal with whatever you have to deal with this week. That you might make a difference and be a light wherever you may be. Go in love, go in obedience this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning, everybody.